Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Tales from Dark Moon Vale. Hollow's Last Hope, part five. Dun, 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 dun. We're allowed to count to five here. Yes. So we're going to find five golden rings in here? Furious five. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> there you go. You'll find five rings of something. Five golden rings. Yep. Yes, but I didn't want to sing it. <laughs> I love to sing Because everyone bursts y'all. into the room. and Five rings oh of the lords. <laughs> All right. But yeah, now that we've uh, discussed some jewelry for a bit... Making me want to get, like, a ring or something. I don't normally wear rings. To rule them all, Ross? No, I don't think I'd make a very good ruler. I'd probably be too busy going, oh, God, what am I going to do? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I mean, it took a long time, but Jessica finally got one. (laughs) (laughs) Zing! Uh, Even after I propose, I'm still getting around. (laughs) It's never going away. That's what you get for waiting seven years, bud. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get, Jessica, Uh, for loving sloths. Uh, Rick with all the good burns. Wow. (laughs) But uh, as far as last time is concerned, the heroes of Fox Squad. Fox Squad. Fox Squad. All right. Fox Trap. What's a Fox Squad, Ross? I don't know. I don't want to know. (laughs) The heroes of Fox Trot Squadron rested (laughs) up for the evening keeping a watchful eye on the environs of Darkmoon Vale around them. For the most part, they didn't encounter much other than the distant howling of wolves and occasional muttering from Amaranth. About pheasants. Yep. Reggie. <laughs> Poor Reggie, so full. <laughs> so very full. Full of magic and other stuff. Though Grim encountered uh, what several party members decided was most likely a ward... He noticed it off in the distance and attempted to tell it that they were just passing through the region. The warg didn't respond before retreating, whether in preparation or in acknowledgement of Grimm's Grimm's please, you're not certain. Enter freely. Go safely. (laughs) Although, to be fair, they are apparently camped out at the very place that we're going to go, so we're like going right into their home. Uh, Yep. We we didn't know that. True. Into the belly of the beast. (laughs) But a pair of wolves flanked the entrance of the monastery. You found that out the next morning as you made your way to said monastery. You decided to go on ahead and just try to walk by the wolves, hoping that maybe the warg had communicated with them to simply let you pass. No, it tried to eat my leg. Unfortunately, yeah, no, they they did try to eat you. (laughs) Uh, I believe both Celestine and uh, Grim actually were pulled down to the ground a couple of times. Yep. Correct. My one regret about second edition, I've lost that dwarven stability. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't have helped you in any case because it was an automatic success. I know. That's how wolves get you. Um, <laughs> I need to talk to Paizo about putting in some sort of uh, untrippable dwarven ancestry feat. Low center of gravity? Mm. Low center of gravity, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Honestly, Paizo, get on that. <laughs> I have no power over Paizo. <laughs> They can completely ignore me, and that's fine. Beyond that, though, uh, you then decided to enter into the monastery, though Astraea did manage to only knock out one of the wolves rather than kill it. Yeah. So well it, done there. Yeah, I was going to say, it might work well in our favor. It might not. I don't know. But she also just doesn't want to kill wolves. They had earned you a hero point I for being did a, get a hero point. hero. What's yeah. unfortunate is hero points go away and reset the next session. 
What? Thought we had a conversation that we were counting every three episodes as a session. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because well, that's kind of like that's how, yeah, she's got them until episode session. six. Yeah, well, I, got so it. Otherwise, I got it at the end of the session, and that's just crappy. Yeah. I was thinking that was sad, and then now I'm not sad about it, so that's good. Yeah. Don't bother with heroics in episode six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's probably not Spend how that em. works. Spend them if you got them. Um, you then entered in Astrea and I believe Celestine approaching the front door. It sort of just fell over, barely able to stand. It was probably just barely leaned against the he- the hinges. Yeah, she and just kind of nudged it and it went flop. plunk. Yeah. And with the loud boom reverberating throughout the courtyard, uh, we'll pick up there when you step in. So do a bunch of wolves come running out at us? (laughs) Well, the dust settles and you wait for a moment, probably expecting howls to come bubbling up from inside the monastery at any moment. But no, nothing immediately comes out and there's no occupants inside of the courtyard. Taking a look around the courtyard... The first thing you notice is that there is a stone well uh, sat by the double doors that you think mark the front entrance of the monastery. The well itself is cracked, and you don't see any sort of scaffolding that would support a rope or anything like that. It probably hasn't been used in some time. The courtyard itself is overgrown with quite a bit of grass and weeds and really just a few small flowers attempting to bloom in the oppressive summer heat. However, beyond this, you also note that there are three doors that come from the courtyard, and none of them appear to be exits, though. There is the set of double doors to your left, to the west. That seems to be the main entrance. There is a single door to the north, which seems to be some sort of side entrance to the monastery itself. And then there's a door that leads into that watchtower. However, other than trying to scale the wall, you see no other way in or out of the monastery courtyard. Besides, of course, the way you came in from. I want to investigate the well. All right. Man, if there's a dead hand down there, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's there's a whole dungeon down there. You just got to drain the water. Or a girl Uh, with long black hair. I'm out. mm, True. I don't know. I I think I'd take her over the dead hand. (laughs) No, we need the lens of truth. Little did you know, this is actually a cursed podcast. You have seven (laughs) days. Oh, no. I'm hearing this episode unless you share it with a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Viral marketing. Oh, my gosh. We've just become one of those Facebook things that gets passed around. We're not a chain letter. We're scarier. Chain letter. There you go. We're at least likable. Any sort of death or dismemberment you may suffer is unrelated to find the path ventures. That is true. We claim no responsibility. Grim's going to go ahead and search around for some tracks. Okay, so Grim's searching for tracks. Clove is going to approach the well. Astraea, what would you like to do? I think Astraea just kind of wants to look around to see if there's any odd movement or something strange in kind of the distance areas. Okay. Amaranth, what would you like to do? Uh, I guess I'll just detect magic and just see if there's any magic. Because I'm not Okay. Yeah, I'm not super good at other stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and finally, Celestine, what would you like to do? Celestine will uh, follow Clove over to the well in, in case something decides to leap out and try to eat her. Mm. Mm. Seems like see, a good I figured plan I wasn't tall enough to see over the edge of the well, so... Yeah, the well itself <laughs> stands a little over two feet, so you might be able to see over the edge, but you wouldn't be able to poke your head down. So you can see across the courtyard, or across the well, to the other side of the courtyard. 
So first of all, let's do. The, let's go with the uh, quicker options first. Amaranth, detecting magic around this area, you find no magical auras. Cool. I guess I'll follow uh, everybody over to the well. Grim, go ahead and roll me a survival check. And Astrea, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Ooh. Uh, I'm looking at rolling a 17 for a 21 for survival. 21 survival. Very nice. Well, that's nice. I thought it was an 18, but it's a 13, uh, so I get a 19 total. So, Grim, taking a look around... You do note tracks in this area. There's a muddled variety of them. You notice a number of canid ones that are definitely wolves. Hmm. Strangely enough, how they got in the door without knocking it over, you're not entirely certain. They wiggled. <laughs> they they just probably wiggled found the back entrance. Those aren't actually wolves. They're oozes. Ew. They're blink know. wolves. Oh. They can dimension over. Go, yeah, blink, blink wolves. Dog first. Yikes. Man, now I kind of want to have blink dogs everywhere. Nah, they're just hounds of Tindalos. Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> However, uh, the interesting thing, though, is that you notice another set of prints that are definitely not canids. They're not wolves at all. Mm. Scaled toes that look much like um, maybe lizard tracks of some kind. Though, despite the size of these footprints... They're far too shallow to be anything particularly heavy. Amaranth. Yes. I'm going to see about following these tracks. Do me a favor and keep an eye towards the sky. Um, I don't think we should be splitting up. I'll stay in the courtyard. I'm just trying to figure out where these wolves came from. And You think they fell out of the sky? There appear to be some <laughs> large lizard tracks. They look to be smaller, perhaps, than the river drake we fought previously, but it may mean that there are some hatchlings or something nearby. Yeah, I think I know what it is too. <laughs> it could it could also be kobolds, but yes, I'm just that's saying more we ran likely into a than giant, baby river drakes. <laughs> well, we ran into a river drake previously, so it wouldn't be beyond Jason Bowman's nature to twist the knife and have hatchlings here. <laughs> Jason Bowman would be doing Jessica Peters a favor. <laughs> I like how that's almost sounded like babies. Grim right there. So it's like yes. Grim's like Jason Bowman wrote this adventure. <laughs> You really have to be careful when it's a Jason Bullman adventure. The first thing that you learn in the halls of the Dwarven Lords is not to trust JB. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the party looks at each other like, has he gone senile? What, what is happening? Yeah. It's, it's really G you gotta worry about. Uh, I think it's WS you gotta worry about. <laughs> yeah, true. FWS. All of them, honestly. FWS. <laughs> but, uh, let's see here. Astrea, with your perception check... Another thing you note while taking a look around, buried on occasion and difficult to spot with all the weeds and grass, are a number of bones. Uh, you can make a recall knowledge check for nature real quick if you would like. All right. Looking it over, you're certain these bones came from a some sort of equine, but probably oh. fairly small, so you guess most likely a pony. Hmm. There's some bones out here. Looks pretty small. I'd say pony-sized. Um, ponies aren't small. I mean, they're smaller than horses, but they're they're pretty big. Small for this type of animal. Oh. Most dwarven holes are pretty low, so a pony would be easier to navigate if they had to pull carts in and out of somewhere. Well, also, they're a lot easier to get up onto. Well, for you, <laughs> sure, yeah. Oh, yes. Poor pony. In the meantime, uh, while you're contemplating the pony... Clove, Amaranth, and Celestine, 
The uh, three of you managed to make it over to the well, probably about the time that Grimm's talking about finding tracks. Uh, before you have a chance to think about what may have left those tracks, you do note hidden once again, though much less so amongst the um, amongst the weeds and grass here, are remains. Oh, in this oh, case, God. remains of you think some sort of humanoid. Um, is that These- a dead person? We seem to be running across a lot of those out here. The villa is very mm-hmm. dangerous. The skeletal form seems considerably more fresh. Insofar as you can actually still see bits of tendon and ligament on it, though the meat's oh. been largely picked clean. Looks like the wolves ate him, and recently. Oh, oh, oh my, oh no. Is There's he also Jigare? <laughs> I, I, I mean, actually, possibly. I don't know what their bones look like. <laughs> he bears no has that moment where he's like, "Is this one of those teachable moments where I teach you that everybody has the same bones on the inside? We all have the exact same bones. Um, all the jagares are born with their house crest burned into their sternum. <laughs> I was more thinking, do they have a ring on? But okay, weirdos, yeah, y'all went that. This weird. man has the high cheekbones of the jagare. <laughs> ah, and a gold tooth in the front where they like to keep them. <laughs> they actually ritually remove one of their adult teeth the moment it comes in so they can put in the no, um, so. developing our own Jigare line welcome to find the path <laughs> where find we make path. head cannons for the Jigare Jigare edition <laughs> yes taking a look at the remains of the body you find no ring or any other identifying marks on it uh, though you can easily tell that it was bitten probably the neck was snapped by a large pair of jaws Yikes. Beyond that, though, you do also find a leather pack that's draped over on the side of the well. I- I'm going to look at the pack because this is gross. As you do that, Grim, looking at the tracks, you can see that the canid tracks go pretty much everywhere. They come in and out of all of the doors. They The doors are open. It's just a doorway, not a closed door. No, they're closed doors. Hmm. However, maybe there will. Okay. Let's not do that again. Anyway. (laughs) uh, Is there a recall knowledge I can make on the lizard tracks or? Uh, yes. Although I will point out that there is one section they don't go into and it's the watchtower. None of the tracks head over in that direction. Interesting. You can make a society check or rather I will make a society check for you. If you could please, I would be most appreciative. Grim. Mm Mm-hmm. Looking it over, the tracks are too scattered for you to think that it's a quadruped that made them, as far as the reptilian ones are concerned. Mm. They likely stood on only two legs. Being white creatures as well, you come to only one major conclusion. Mm. Kobolds. <sighs> We're probably dealing with kobolds here. Could they be opening and closing the doors for the wolves? It's quite possible. Wargs will work with goblins. I haven't heard of them working with kobolds before, but I've had some experience with the craven creatures. What do I know about kobolds? Uh, you can roll society check as well, and in the oh. meantime... Also roll society while you're at it. Sounds good. Okay. Amaranth, you're not certain of anything more beyond what Grim has already stated. Dang it. Small reptilians... You really don't know much about them. You do know a little bit more, Celestine. Kobolds 
while not necessarily common in the region, are at the very least common enough that they're not unheard of. So they're uncommon. That was a really roundabout way to say they're uncommon. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kobolds are uncommon in the region, but not unheard of in the Vale. In addition to that, you may ask two questions about kobolds. Did I have any questions, or did I just recognize the tracks? Yeah, I'll go ahead and allow Amaranth and Grim to each ask a single question. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I guess let's go with their tactics. So kobolds are overall, they're cunning creatures. They're not necessarily the type to stand and fight in a regimented line or anything like that. But they excel at hit and run tactics, and they oftentimes use traps and their natural surroundings to trip up their foes and ensure that they have an advantage when it comes to combat. Do they have any special defenses? Kobolds in general do not have any particular special of special defenses. I did not think so, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask because second edition. True. This is going to sound oddly specific, Ross. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong or can ask this about this. Do kobolds in this region commonly use poison? Not commonly, though, of course, kobolds will use poison if they can get their claws on it. However, you don't think it's common enough in this region for them to have access to it. Hmm. No special attacks, which I don't think they special have Special attacks. So, in general, kobolds are quite capable of hitting vulnerable areas, much like Celestine does. Ooh, racial sneak attack. Oh, yeah. okay, then. That's new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beyond that, they also have uh, special abilities when it comes to retreating. They're very good at getting away from foes, which allows them to regroup and then set up again. I like that they have a racial bonus to fleeing. <laughs> Basically. Run for your lives! Well, it also gives them, it's like, it's more like a, um, it's more like a uh, concerted retreat. So they're more like defensively retreating. They're very good at backing away from people, but keeping their defenses up. Serpentine, serpentine. (laughs) Kobolds are very tricky creatures. We should be on the lookout for traps and the like. Craven. Craven's the word you're looking for. There's nothing craven about setting a trap. I mean, hunters use traps. Well, from what little I know of them, they're also um, very good at finding weak points and vital organs. So should be keeping all of those under guard. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of the point of armor. Uh-huh. Well, what if you don't have any armor? Well, well, maybe, maybe you should, should get some armor. Some. Well, Can't you, like, the cast stiff... magic armor? Well, I could, but I'd rather cast magic missiles. Well, then don't. You're well, not then you can't your really complain. Parts. Yeah, you just said you need to protect your your organs and stuff. I guess that is true. I'm trying to remember how long it takes me to reprepare my spells. He looks down at his spell book and flips through it. The kobolds I've faced in the past are were difficult creatures. They're hard to pin down. There, they do not fight fairly. We should expect. Maybe we could just talk to them. I've found in my experience that they're no. Perhaps you're right. I may be misjudging them. I'm judging them based on the ones that I that I ran into before. But I face those in the Candlestone Caverns. Celestine quirks an eyebrow. My concern is that that hobgoblin bore markings denoting that it also came from the Candlestone Caverns. If these are Black Claw kobolds, then we may have a much worse situation. Well, let's hurry and find the mushrooms and get out of here then. If we run into these kobolds and you see that their claws are black, scales green, black claws, be very cautious. The kobolds of the Candlestone Caverns poison their claws and fingertips. It 
eventually turns them black. Hmm. Uh, if we might then just take a quick break for me to re-prepare a spell and get some armor on. And decided that you needed to protect your bits. Well, more than just my bits, but... <laughs> <laughs> sure. Can I cast a magic um, cup spell? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm look at the... Magic Magical yeah. cut piece. <laughs> uh, but yes, God. I will use my spell yeah. substitution, take 10 minutes out to turn one of my magic missiles I had prepared today into mage armor and then cast it. Okay. Uh, if we're waiting and for Amaranth to do that, is anyone else still injured? Nope. I mean, nope. Celestine's down too. If that's the case, then I'll go ahead and lay on hands on Celestine and take the 10 minutes that he's repreparing his spells to repray. While they're doing magic-y stuff, uh, yeah, let's go through that bag, Clove. Yeah, what's yeah. in the bag? Clove? What's in the bag? Looking, I knew somebody was going to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rachel beat me to it. <laughs> All right, so Clove, taking a look through the bag, you find the following items. First of all... A set of trail rations, seven days worth in all. Though these seem to be of dubious quality, especially since the wolves, for whatever reason, didn't eat them. Mm. You can't imagine they'd be that good if uh, a wolf's just like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> Cobalt poison. Just going to assume be. everything is poisoned up from <laughs> now on. It's like, no, Grim must eat everything first. I've got the best constitution. I'm a strong-blooded dwarf, so actually I'm really good against poison. Yeah, I believe you get a critical success on a normal success, right? And a success... Well, actually, every success gives me uh, two reduced stages. Oh, right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. In the meantime, though, of perhaps much greater interest is a set of these tools packed away in a small leather roll. Celestine's Ooh. eyes light up. Ooh, speaking of kobolds and traps... Oh, you want these fiddly sticks? Yes, please. C Celestine smiles. Fiddly sticks. I don't, I don't know what these rules are. <laughs> That's probably oh, a good thing. You're fiddly so sticks. You're so you, innocent, Celestine, Clove. the master of unlocking. <laughs> <laughs> if there's not a crushing room trap here, I'm going to be disappointed. These tools are expensive. They're like three gold. Yeah. I needed, I needed armor and weapons, so I don't actually have any. So, yes, I would very much like those. That's why I don't have a healer's kit. Yeah. However, you do also find 50 feet worth of rope. Cool. I don't have any of that. You don't have rope? It's in the adventurer's kit. Oh, I do have an adventurer's pack, so I have some rope. Oh, okay. There you go. You find a small coin purse. Inside is four gold pieces and two silver pieces. Wow, that's a cool. lot of money. Wow, that yeah. is a maybe lot this of money. Maybe this is a Or maybe they stole this from the Jagaris. <laughs> so, this is the Jagari set out to find the last Jagari who came into this region. Yeah, we'll find one at each step of this adventure. <laughs> he was supposed to build a bridge across the twin peaks of Droskar's crag. Monty Python reference. Anyway, um. Beyond that, though, you also find a small vial of a rather pleasant-smelling red liquid. Hmm. Ooh, ooh, is it magic? Ooh, ooh, you're rememorizing <laughs> spells. Oh, yeah. Oh. Herbalism? Can I make an herbalism check to know what it is? Um, unfortunately, no. This is not an alchemical item. Oh, so. I was going to say, can I use crafting? Ooh, <laughs> magic, yeah. maybe. I mean, it smells pleasant of some sort of maybe spearmint or something like that. Drink it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grim just looks over and it's like, it's also poison. It's all poison. But once they are done with their praying and reading, I suppose we <laughs> should show Amaranth the vial. In Torag's name, I pray. Yes. So uh, is this magic? 
Oh, I don't know. Amaranth casts Detect Magic. <laughs> Celestine! <laughs> Celestine just raises an eyebrow at the wizard. He doesn't know until he casts Detect Magic that it's magic. He's got to grab him and then shake his head like a magic eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> All signs point to, please let me go. <laughs> Is it magic? Detecting magic, the item in front of you radiates an aura of magic. Cool. I cast Read Aura. Very well. Reading the aura, it does take you a minute to cast this. All right, well, we were already, like, you know, having a bit of a rest. I, I just picture Amaranth going, well, I don't know, and then casting Detect Magic, and then going, yeah, it is magical, and starting to cast Read Aura while Celestine just has this vial held up in her palm. <laughs> you know? Wait, no, no, don't move it. I need to concentrate. <laughs> Clove puts her a hand, range of 30 feet. Clove puts her hand underneath your elbow to help you steady. <laughs> we're, we're having a team building exercise here. Sure. In the future, we should set these down first. <laughs> you determine the item is magical, much like detect or, or detect magic does. In addition, you learn that it is a necromantic effect. Hmm. Well, it appears to be some type of necromatic potion. And that's so it could be bad. Good or bad. It could be perhaps some form of healing. Mm-hmm. I'd need about 10 minutes to identify it to know if it is or isn't. Well, How about we, we should just keep smells looking. minty. I would think positive. I say we press on until something inevitably attacks us. I have to heal somebody again. We have to take another 10 minutes out. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that's actually the best, the best argument for not identifying it, yeah. So, And if it is an, an emergency, you can always just drink it and see yep. what happens. All right, I'm writing down potion of question mark. Grim, you said that the only place the tracks don't lead are the watchtower? Yes. So do we start there or do we avoid it because everything else in this area is avoiding it? Maybe the mushrooms are there. It's possible also that it might be something else, something sentient, enemy of my enemy. Well. Or they may not have been able to get the door open. I think from here on out, I will take point, especially now that I have these tools and we know kobolds are in the area. As far as the doors are concerned, uh, none of the doors here seem to be in the same sorry state that the wooden doors out front are. They are all stone here, so oh. you guess that's probably part of the reason why. And okay. Ross, Celestine does have Trap Finder. Good to know. All it right. will help you not. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, Celestine, you should take point. Um, my powers are best if I can reach people, so if you don't mind me being in the middle. I'm going to go after Celestine. Hmm. Amaranth behind me, and then... Actually, how slow are halflings? Are they 20 feet or 25 feet? 25. Okay. Like, to... like normal short people, they know how to compensate for their tall friends. Yeah. Mm. Ella, do you want to pull up? Do you want to pull up the rear, or do we want Amaranth in the rear? Protect I don't know. Where do we want the squishy? I like the squishy in the middle, personally. <laughs> I don't want to be set upon from behind. I mean, bear in mind, if someone comes up from behind, you're like six feet tall, so they still have four feet of you to shoot at. <laughs> Stab at you. Why do you got to put such a negative spin on it, man? Make me look like I'm vulnerable when I'm definitely vulnerable because I'm clearly the tallest person here. <laughs> I should have played Crouch. a no. Say, being tallest just meant so I got hit the most in dodgeball. So yeah. that's true. That's I mean, true. I don't mind pulling up the rear, but I don't know how much it's going to help him from physical attacks. No, you'll probably draw yeah. fire first. I, say, I think game mechanically, it does give me a cover bonus. It does give you a cover bonus for your kneecaps. Yes. <laughs> your kneecaps are covered. From your butt on up, uh, you're screwed. <laughs> oh, I'm only two foot eight. Uh, poor, poor Amaranth. 
But Celestine leads the way towards the watchtower now that we have a marching order established. So you head all along the watchtower. <laughs> ah, I got that I reference. couldn't help it. I love Jimi Hendrix, by the way. Who's the Joker? We know who the thief is. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> uh, Joker's probably Amaranth out of this group. Little do y'all know, I'm always the Joker. I mean, at the very least, we know it's not grim. (laughs) I'm rather funny in my own circles. (laughs) (laughs) That dwarven sense of humor. So, uh, yeah, you approach the watchtower. Celestine, you don't note any traps or anything of that nature. I uh, suppose she will push the door open. I have my curve blade in hand. You push open the door, and it does creak, much to the disapproval of Grim. Though obviously no one's actually kept up this building in probably centuries at this point. Thick webs cover much of the ancient crates inside of this watchtower. Uh A rickety wooden staircase ascends along one wall to reach what seems to be an open trap door above. The webs here crisscross all throughout the watchtower and go up its 30 feet in overall height. You keep an eye out, seeing several spiders... About the size of maybe your thumb starts scuttling out of the way the moment that you open the door. Do I recognize these webs? So, I mean, they just seem to be spider webs, though exceptionally large. But I will allow everyone in the party to make a perception check. Yay. Uh-oh. I rolled a three for a nine. I rolled a, a six nine, for a nine. <laughs> I roll a perfect 20 for a 25. Yay. Oh, there you go. Redemption. I roll a 12 for an 18. 11 for a 15. It occurs to me now that uh, Grim's actually still pretty injured. (laughs) Wait, what? You healed yourself, man. Yeah, I'm down by four. Physician, heal thyself. Yeah. Jeez. I'm just stoically ignoring it. Probably not a good thing considering you're the venerable one in the party. <laughs> the old you're man. You're also the only healer. Yeah. He's used well, to being besides, in pain. Besides like, the healing tools. I don't know, how many hit I points does uh, Celestine have? 18. Down four hit points. I still have more hit points than Celestine, so I'll stand by my <laughs> healing her. <laughs> oh, okay then. All right. That's fair. I am made of hit points. <laughs> Dwarves get a whole too. bunch of them. First level though. That whole like... Nice. I really like that aspect of it. I bet. That you get hit points just for being so, a dwarf. Well, do you, that you get the hit points based off of your character's ancestry as well as something else. Yeah. Celestine is the first to notice, which makes sense since she opened the door. Though all of you note shadows that play across the bottom of the floor, bouncing from the light coming from above and not the now open door. But Celestine, you look up and note the source of the shadows. I like that Heather's leaning away. (laughs) (laughs) She knows where this is going. It's rather easy to spot. A grayish black carapace is uh, directly above you with eight segmented legs and a spider the size of maybe a large pony is seated on the wall just above you. Celestine shrieks Uh like a small child. Yikes. (laughs) And we're headed to combat. Uh Uh Uh-oh. SpaghettiOs. So I will go ahead and use the perception checks you all just made for your initiative rolls. Oh, no. I feel like we needed to screenshot Heather's face when that description was happening and post it just because it's just it embodies her entire fear of spiders. Spiders are terrible. I've tried to tell her that not all spiders are bad, but she just doesn't believe me. 
These spiders, I believe, are probably horrible. Every time we fight spiders, which apparently is a lot, Rachel talks about how spiders aren't bad, and Heather talks about how they're really bad. I had one that lived in my classroom, and he ate all the other bugs. He was a good little spider. I named him Fred. To be fair, if someone is not a Patreon backer, then this is the first spider that they've seen in a while. Oh. True. Yeah, other than the camel spiders that you guys fought in Mummy's Mess, which actually aren't spiders. Oh. Okay, Celestine, you have the first initiative. This thing's up above me. Yes, it's technically um, uh, seated basically just above the doorway. So can I stab it? You'll have to step into the chamber, but (laughs) yes, you can. Oh, God. Okay, Celestine's an adventurer. She's not like me. She'll step into the room. Let's be honest, if any of us ever actually got into an adventuring situation, <laughs> we might last all of five minutes. <laughs> we would all just have panic attacks and pass out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think I might last like half hour, maybe half a day, depending on the situation. Depends on the situation. But if it was giant spiders, I, I think would just have a heart attack and fall out. over dead. I would so. survive longer than y'all because I'm not as scared of spiders. I'm not scared of spiders, but if they're horse size, I'm a little scared of them. <laughs> that, that, is, that is true. That is true. Uh, I guess Celestine is channeling my hatred of spiders because I rolled an 18, which gets me nice. a 25 wow. to hit it. A 25 hits your target. Go on ahead and roll damage. Do I get my sneak attack? Is it flat-footed? No, it was uh, it was basically prepared the moment you opened the door. It's got a spider sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do eight points of damage. Very well. You swing into the spider. Her second swing. One of its legs drapes off and falls <laughs> to the ground next to you. <laughs> I roll a 15 for my second swing, which gets me a 17. 17 hits your target. Uh, I do 10 points of damage because of my forceful giving me an extra point. I roll a 5 plus 4 plus 1. I just imagine that the door opened and Celestine just starts like swinging wildly (laughs) and we're all just standing back like, what on earth is she doing? While she's screaming. She screams first. (laughs) That's pretty much exactly what happens. It's just so, so the best part is you rip one of the spider's legs off before leaping your curb blade flashing as you chop it in twain. <laughs> and then she proceeds to run back out of the wash tower, like at least step back outside and is doing that thing where you just kind of have to steady yourself. Okay. Are you so, okay? What was, what just happened? It? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> so. Fastest combat ever. She hit it twice and did eight plus damage each time. There was a really, really big spider. Uh, Is it dead? I don't know. You're standing in the doorway. (laughs) I look around. Like Clove looks around and sees the dead spider and says, "Uh uh-huh, it's dead. Okay. I'm going to stay out here for a second. She leans against the wall. I'll go look. I'm not scared of spiders. I was about to say, your second attack just barely hit it, by the way. (laughs) But hit it, it did. Uh, You gained 50 experience points. You're you're (laughs) welcome, everyone. (laughs) Gracious. Yeah, I suppose Grim will make his way in to kind of look around inside. You did quite well. Thank you. She says, regaining some of her composure, but she's not going in there, not unless absolutely necessary. Uh, Clove cuts some of the webs out of her way and looks around. Was it just the one? I mean, there's a number of smaller spiders that go scattering every time you slice some webs, but 
None of them seem to be particularly interested in trying to attack you. Amaranth will also step in. All right. Uh, taking a look around, Clove and Amaranth and Grim, I believe, also said he stepped in. Yes. Yeah. The three of you stepped in, and you see mostly just large crates and barrels here. It looks like this was at one point used as some sort of supply area. This looks like There's a, a set of rickety, uh, rickety wooden stairs that lead upward. Mm. Hell rickety. You know, uh, taking a look at it, they seem to be in pretty poor condition. You think the trapdoor's been open for some time, and thus the stairs have been exposed to the elements. Hmm. Astrea, we may uh, need your assistance again. Sure. What's inside? There's some stairs up, but I'm not certain that they're going to support any of our weight. Oh, okay. I figure Astrea moves forward into the room and kind of assesses the situation and, like, tests one or two steps to see how they'll hold her. Testing the steps, they don't seem to be too bad. They still creak ominously, even under your weight. I'm gonna let one of you guys hold my sword. Don't think it'll okay. do much, but I'd feel a little better. Ow. It's not a bad hold idea. It. Okay. I hold her sword. All right, Clove, you hold on to the sword. It's like a child's sword. Celestia, <laughs> <laughs> so make sure none of the spiders escape out the front door. I, I can do that. I think they're heading towards you. <laughs> she makes a little meep noise and then kind of composes herself and glares at Grim. He smiles, you know, crinkling corners of his eyes. <laughs> Rude. Astrea, you begin to make your way up the stairs. I will need an acrobatics check from you. But I will give you a plus two circumstance bonus because you're a halfling. It's a really good thing Grim did not go. I'm very athletic. I'm not very athletic. <laughs> you are very heavy. right through those stairs. Uh, yeah. Probably. Okay. Not my best roll, but I started with a nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh... That's ridiculous. I got a 17. <laughs> okay. okay. Good job. There's a couple of moments here and there where you try to settle and just make sure the stairs don't move too much at the very top there's just a sort of groaning sound that echoes throughout the watchtower here but you don't fall through do you see anything do i see anything <laughs> uh, you're able to climb up to the roof of the tower taking a look around you don't see much except for a single burlap sack that seems to have been tucked away into a corner here very carefully, I would like to inspect the sack. Sack of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, moving across the stones at the top of the watchtower isn't actually a problem. They seem to have weathered the time much better than the wooden stairs. I just don't want it to be trapped. That's like fair. Like the, the bag. <laughs> That's true. You were told that kobolds love to trap stuff, and also spiders are all over the place here. It's like a trapdoor spider living inside the bag. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Moving the bag, there's not much in it, or at least whatever's in it is extremely light. Though there is definitely something inside there. You hear a slight scraping sound as you move it across the stones. I found a sack. Do you guys want me to open it up here or drop it down? Yes, in case there's spiders. 
Open it. <laughs> well, I think you should bring it down here so we can all analyze it. I think she shouldn't drop it down here because what if it breaks? Well, exactly. So return down here. It's heavy, maybe. Uh, how heavy was it? it? I mean, can I carry it? I just figured dropping it's, it would be the quickest way to get it down. <laughs> it's extremely light. I mean, you think it's no more than maybe a pound or so. I mean, I could just carry it. Uh, maybe something okay. fragile inside. So perhaps just bring it down to us. That was exactly okay. my thought. I'll be down in a minute. It's full of more potions. <laughs> I always get leery when they start dropping potions left, right, and center. All right, and then Estrella will carefully make her way down the stairs. It's actually just Very another well. Jagare. It's like a skull and like a ring. Gracious. It's a side <laughs> quest. We have to collect the various pieces to put the skeleton back together. Alas, oh, poor Yorick, ASL I knew quest. him, Varian. <laughs> Do I need to roll again to make my way down? Yes, you still get to have the plus two bonus because you are a halfling. All right, I rolled a 13 for a 22. Okay. With a 22, your way back down is honestly a lot easier than your way up. There's only a single slight creak at the end. You spring off the the final step as it cracks slightly under your weight, but... None the worse for wear as far as you're concerned. We need to play a game where we're all Jagares. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we need to play a game where we're all halflings, which I've been pushing for for a long time. True. So if you're all Jagares, you'd be dead by the end of the first episode. <laughs> true. To be fair, we'd all be rich, though, so we could pool our wealth together. And then be dead by the end of the first episode. <laughs> no, no, no. We use that to then outfit the real characters. <laughs> our oh, second characters. Zero. <laughs> I, I like the way you think. But yeah, other than the burlap sack and whatever contents it has... Um, there doesn't seem to be anything else of interest around here. I guess I'll blast off a detect magic and just see if there's any magic in here. Because why not? All right. Taking a look around with detect magic, there is a magical aura in front of you. Like in front of me as in, in the sack? It tells you whether or not there's magic within 30 feet of you. Oh, that okay. So there's magic within 30 feet of me, but I don't know where. Yes. Bear in mind with detect magic, you can exclude magic that you already know of. Yes. Yeah, so I, I just assume that I'm by default excluding the potion we've already seen, and yeah, I don't think yep. we have any other magic. There is a single magical aura that you are not already familiar with within 30 feet of you. Cool. Well, there's magic here somewhere. I'd have to actually see it in person to know whether it's, well, the item itself is magical. I'll look through the boxes. So, Clove, looking through the boxes and barrels, really, it just seems that these at one point contain a number of provisions... All of these are rotted away to the point where, honestly, there's not even much in the way of mold or anything left. It looks like nothing useful. Except one of the barrels does contain a hefty amount of vinegar. Ew. You're pretty sure it was some sort of, you know, alcoholic beverage at one point. Mm. It's quite possible that they use this in the bottom of this tower for storage. What's in the sack? Opening the sack. I was wondering if somebody was ever going to do that. <laughs> uh, I assumed that was what Amaranth was doing. Yeah. Estrella has the sack. I said, yeah, I thought Estrella was going to open it because Estrella has the sack. You guys told me to wait and bring it down. Clove opens the sack. I'm really opening her. Check the sack for. I mean, Estrella will <laughs> open it, but she was just waiting on everybody else. Uh, I like that we all just sit there and, and Amaranth's just like, yes, there's magic around here, but I'd have to see it to know for sure. And then we all just stand there staring at each other like, give me the dang sack. So <laughs> I suppose 
as Clove and Estrella both open the sack. I, I figure Estrella and Clove just roll their eyes at everybody else and open the bag. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, they Celestine's use. outside. She ain't even in the room. <laughs> Grim's, Grim's a little oddly contemplative being here, you know, in this place that should still be his people's, but mm. isn't. True. Yeah, it's very odd. Kobolds live here now. Mm. Inside of the bag, you catch a glint of metal in the sunlight, and pulling the object fully out, it appears to be a short sword. Oh, it's a sword. Ooh. Is this magic? I hold it up to Amaranth's face, probably too close to his face. I mean, I'll take the minute out to cast uh, Read Aura. Is it Dwarven? Is it Sting? <laughs> uh, there was a spider in here. Sting was also Elven. Oh. True. Detecting magic, or sorry, rather, uh, Read Aura, you notice a couple of things. The first, this short sword is magical. The second, it's enchanted with an evocation effect. Okay. The third is there is a single rune etched into it. Ooh, rune. I think I still need a minute even to identify the, or 10 minutes to identify the rune on it. Yes, you do. But you are able to, at the very least, determine that it is a magical sword and it also has an evocation aura. Taking a look at this, this does appear to be of dwarven craftsmanship. This is expertly made. And it's magical. There seems to be a rune on it, although I need about 10 minutes to uh, analyze it and get its full effects. Who uses these? I'm like a <laughs> short sword. Who uses this? I mean, I'm a fighter, so technically I am. Yeah, you're you're probably an expert in this as it is still a martial weapon. I yeah. indeed I am. <laughs> it is also an agile weapon uh, for. Well, no, sorry. It is also a finesse weapon for a rogue. Yeah, I don't want this. Somebody that's not me. Take this. <laughs> There's no finesse in Clove when she fights. Yep. At least it's not Agile. Agile actually makes it harder for me to do much damage. I hand it to Estrella because she's in the room. I apologize. It is Agile as well. <laughs> it is Agile and finesse and versatile. I don't want... I mean, if, uh, if nobody wants this, I mean, I could probably put it to some good use. I like my handy machete. I mean, I would like to identify it, but I really am not a... Swords person. Yeah, unless uh, you're going to go start fighting at the front, I don't I don't think you need it, Amaranth. Maybe he was a, a, a like a champion or something of like an, an elven nation for like 50 years, 100 years ago, and then he forgot that too. Celestine no. bursts into giggles. <laughs> no, I definitely wasn't. Oh, okay. I mean, you can kind of tell by looking at his hands. There's no calluses. Well, if it had been like a hundred years, I mean, I don't know how calluses stay on, but I, like, that would be a long time. Regardless, uh, Mystery, I think this would probably be in your good hands. Sweet. This is most likely left over from when this place was a temple of Torag. Dargar do not do this good of work. You're very judgy. I mean, isn't it in the description he gave us that they're lazy? <laughs> I know. Their worship of their god more or less prohibits them from really focusing on a single... To put it simply, they prefer quantity over quality. Okay. Okay, are we going to take the 10 minutes to figure that out, or are we holding off? Might as well, because then our dwarf can heal himself. That would be good. Oh, yeah, fair point. So we yeah, want sure. that over the potion. Okay. Yeah, I think the sword first. Okay. All right. I'll take the 10 minutes to identify the sword. Taking a look at this, you're able to determine that the rune etched upon it is a potency rune. Cool. 
What this does is it gives you a plus one bonus to attack with that weapon. This does not actually add any further damage to it, unfortunately, but the weapon also does count as magical. Well, are yeah. we going to go in the front doors or the side door? Let's say we check the side door first. I like how everything Celestine and Grim do is like complete opposite because she was like, if nobody's going to pick, we'll go through the front. <laughs> you know? After you, Celestine. Celestine leads the way. There better not be any more spiders. I'll take poisonous kobolds any day. You say that now. Grim glowers as he makes his way forward. He's gotten grumpier. Well, we are in a, you know, a monastery that used to be holy. I dislike kobolds. They're craven, cowardly monstrous creatures. They'll abandon one another just as quickly as they'll abandon anything else. They have no sense of family, no sense of decency. Like rats crawling around in the darkness. Hmm. Is the door trapped? Taking a look, Celestine, you find no traps on the door. She'll push this door open too, gripping her curve blade in preparation for spiders. <laughs> Do we have any light push. sources? Because kobolds uh, aren't going to need light. I have light the of... light spell. Okay. Well, then I cast the light spell so that we can all see. Very well. You cast the light spell. Of course, outside it doesn't seem to do much, but the moment Celestine opens the door, light pours light pours into the hallway in front of her. Celestine, taking a look to the left and right, to the right, there is a small amount of hallway, maybe about 10 feet before it ends at a statue. The statue you suppose was at one point of uh, some sort of sturdy dwarven man. There's a ruined stone hammer is in the ground in front of it, and honestly, you can barely recognize any distinguishing features on the statue at this point. Like, because of age, or because something's defaced it? You'd probably have to get closer to look Mm. to know for sure. It just looks to be ruined at this point. To the left, the hallway stretches... You'd guess somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 feet before it turns uh, south and heads, you guess, toward where those double doors are that lead into the main entrance of the of the monastery. Other than that, you note three doors. One is practically directly across from you, just slightly off to your right, slightly off to the east. There are two more doors down the left-hand side of the corridor, Both of these are also across from you, so in other words, they're on the north-facing side. The door closest to you appears to be heavily damaged as well, though it is still closed. As if something was trying to break in or break out. Break in from this point. Hmm. Celestine makes her way inside and goes and examines that closest door. Yeah, that's weird. Taking a look at the door... It does seem to be in rather poor condition. You can see a number of hammer blows and chisels and other things have been struck against it over time. Though these are all worn, probably to the point where it's been some time since this damage happened. It is definitely man-made. Someone really, really wanted in here. Is the door locked? You move the handle. It doesn't appear to be locked. Maybe it was locked at some point. She'll push it open. Pushing open the door, you actually hear a scraping sound as you push it. A number of stones move out of the way as you push the door open. They seem to have collected up against the door here. 
looking above, you can see how this happened as the ceiling here has largely collapsed. The wall's still standing fairly sturdy. Oh, maybe they were trying to save someone that was trapped in here when the ceiling caved in. Beyond that, though, you also note, well, A, there's stones littering the floor here. Um, It's practically impossible to move quickly through this area. And B... You see a you see a number of forms, small rodent-like forms with leathery wings that are basically stood up every which way on the top of the roof here. Bats. Oh, cute. Do you actually say that? Maybe. Yes. I guess. Are they bats? If she <laughs> are says they it, actually I say bats? It. If so, yeah. yes. If not, no. If she says bats, I say yeah, cute. <laughs> Uh, very well. You say bats. I mean, she um, wouldn't say it real loud because it's sleepy time for them, but she'd be like, oh, bats. <laughs> so- Sorry, it's just the way it came through. It sounded pretty loud. So it's like, hey, it bats. Took, that was me taking a second uh, to go. What oh. is he describe? Oh, it's bats. <laughs> I was like, rodents with me. Oh, bats. <laughs> okay. Or Celestine looks up. Oh, bats. We should let them sleep. How uh, many the- bats? A lot of bats. Uh, several bats. How there many bats? Are, honestly, you lose count at the four or five dozen mark. There's a lot. Oh, there's there's a lot of bats. We probably shouldn't disturb them. They seem to be primarily insect-eating bats. They are carnivorous. They don't appear to be vampire bats or fruit bats or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, we should leave them alone. There's no need to disturb the creatures. Do we, we need to sneak past up. them then? Celestine quietly shuts the door. I mean, there's no other exit that I can see from that room. Except up. Nope. No. Yeah, except up. Yes. So. Yeah, certainly. Celestine quietly shuts the door when it's decided we're not going to mess with a giant swarm of bats. They need their beauty sleep. Oh, we could have tried out the 2E swarm mechanics. Oh, no. man. I'm Honestly, sad. I was wondering if y'all were, were going to enter or not. Uh, no. Not if we don't Unneeded. have to. Unneeded. Well, the two of them are dealing with looking at the bats and all the rest of that stuff. Um, can I look over that statue? Taking a look at the statue. Honestly, I rolled dwarven lore for you since I figured that'd be the most appropriate. Okay. Looking at it, you honestly are not certain who this is. Mm. The features are just too worn. It's just too faded for you to be able to make anything out. You said it had a hammer? Yes. This could have been the statue of a prominent figure, perhaps Torag, but it's hard to tell. Too much time. I mean, it's probably the most logical person, dwarf, that it would be. Well, if the features were intentionally obfuscated, then perhaps as this became a temple of Droskar, and the Darksmith despises Torag. Hmm. That's unfortunate. No, he was a failed apprentice. It's not uncommon for those with less skill to envy those with more. Yeah, that seems pretty common when all races, not just dwarves. Grimble touches holy symbol, nod to the statue. Yes, this place is in far worse repair than I expected. Well, I mean, when was it inhabited last? Yeah, of that I can't quite be certain. Unless I can be certain, I don't know. <laughs> that probably is GM discretion. Droskar's kingdom ended a long time ago. I was only 13, perhaps, when Tarkadrum fell. They may have been abandoned around then. That was the last time that Droskar was at the height of his power. So chances are 
this temple was, or this monastery was abandoned when Droskar fell. Mm. Most likely it's been over 200 years before anybody dwelled here. You're pretty certain that the followers of Droskar were not exactly great tenants while they were here. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. If this was a temple of Torag, more likely than not, the priests of Droskar did not keep up with its maintenance. Well. Again, lazy. Well, let's find our mushrooms and get out of here then before a roof collapses on us. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. So I think if we go this way, she gestures down the hallway, we'll start to circle around towards the main entryway. Do we want to search the rest of this branch before doing that? We pass those other two doors before we reach the turn towards the front, correct? Uh, Yes, you will pass those other two doors. Yeah, we should check those doors as we pass them. Again, when dealing with kobold, we do not want to give them the opportunity to surround us. Individually, they are weak, but in numbers, they can be dangerous. Mm. Okay, so I guess let's just do them in order. We'll take the next set of doors, the next set of doors, and move our way around. Very Seems well. sensible. Celestine, lead on. Celestine leads the way. You start to head down the corridor, your shoes clicking on the stone surface here. Occasionally, you have to kick a small rock or other bit of debris out of your way to keep moving forward. Honestly, it does look like this place has been abandoned for a considerable amount of time. Though, strangely, there doesn't seem to be quite as much dust as one would expect. The place is habited. By kobolds and wolves and wargs, oh my. Do not underestimate them. I mean, I guess it's good that it's providing shelter for something. I mean, it's useful. Hmm. Unfortunately, it seems to be shelter for our enemies. Well, they, they might not be enemies. We can always hope, even if it's unlikely. <laughs> I appreciate your optimism. You remind me of my son. Where's he at? Hmm. He, um, he died a few years back. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to... <laughs> no. My son's memory fills me with nothing but pride. Oh, okay. He died doing what he thought was right. Well, I'm still very sorry for your loss. Thank you. It's very kind of you. Estrella, like, gets all quiet because she feels really bad about bringing that up. (laughs) In the middle of a dangerous situation. I know, he brought it up, but she was the one that was like, oh, where's he at, you know? (laughs) How's your son been? Yeah. um, (laughs) Foot in mouth. (laughs) Why, he's been dead for seven years. Tonight's <laughs> the I anniversary. Just saw the day. <laughs> I was about to say, on this very night, come to think of it. Celestine would lead the way to the next door. Moving on to the next door. Slowly opening it in case there's more bats. There, I mean, all the doors here are made of stone, and they seem to have weathered the passage of time much better. In this case, this one hasn't been knocked over or defaced or anything like that. You open the door, noticing no traps upon it, and find yourself faced with a room covered in a number of cobwebs. Oh, yes, more spiders. These are much smaller than the webs that you've seen in the watchtower. (laughs) Spiders. A small number of spiders still scurry off from the light that you bring in with you. Celestine makes a face, but glances around the room. However, the main thing in this room seemed to be a number of armor and weapon racks, all of which currently stand empty. Well, the uh, armory has been looted. Unsurprisingly, but... Suppo- How big is this room, Ross? 
Uh, the room here is approximately some... Uh, the room here is approximately some 15 feet square, so it's not large, but it's much bigger than any okay. than a standard room at the very least. Are there any mushrooms? Uh, you can make a perception check to take a look around. I will. I'm just going to look for any tracks to see if anything's been through here recently. I rolled a three okay. for a nine. Or see how dusty okay. it is in here, I suppose. Celestine's going to take a look at the walls. This seems like a place where dwarves would hide secret stuff. <laughs> okay. So you can make a perception check as well. Uh, Grim, you're, uh, you're looking for tracks, so a survival check. You can roll them. It's not bad. Uh, it's an adjusted 18. Okay. Uh, 14 With on the eight. die. Okay. Uh, Grim, taking a look around, you see no tracks here. It doesn't look like anything's really been walking through here in some time. Nothing's been through here recently. So whoever took everything, it was some time back. Clove, taking a look around, you don't see any mushrooms. I get a 15 on my perception check. With a 15, you do note in the northeastern portion of the room, there's a small latch. It's hidden quite cleverly in the stone here. Ooh. What? She, uh, she, she flips the latch, assuming it's not trapped. It doesn't appear to be trapped. <laughs> Flipping the latch, part of the stone wall slides away. Ooh. They're actually reading ahead in the adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Either that or we've missed so many secret doors already. If the dwarves are going to put a secret passageway to anywhere, it's going to be to the armory. Mm. That's fair. Fair point. Or the forge. So there's a secret passage? There is indeed a secret passage. Ooh, let's take that. Oh, interesting. Taking a look, the passage only stretches maybe some 20 feet. It goes directly to the east. From what it appears, it heads in the direction of the ruined section that you've been into not long ago. Though it doesn't actually go in there. There's no door at the opposite side. Hmm. Our Celestine will make her way in looking for any other exits or anything, or if this is just a hidden room. Maybe we can circumvent the collapse, perhaps get past those bats. Stepping in, you don't notice any other exits, but you do note on the right-hand side, the southern facing portion of this corridor are a quartet of cells. Hmm. Rusted iron gates block off each one of these rooms. Each has a, well, what was probably at one point a straw sleeping mat, though the straw is rotted away almost entirely, and really only moldering remains of bare linen sheets and pillowcases remain. Are there bodies? Yes. Uh, Each one has a rusted bucket. Whether it was for food or for relief, you're not certain. Beyond that, each one also contains a number of bones. Clove, you're going to want to stay outside. What happened here? Are they dwarven remains? Or can we tell? Celestine, taking a look at the bones, you're not certain. Hmm. They, I mean, they appear roughly humanoid in shape, but it's hard to tell. If there's enough room for another person to maneuver in there, Grim will make his way in and look through yeah, the Yeah, you bars. can shoulder past her and head directly into the first cell if you'd like. I gently pass her. I don't shoulder her aside or right. anything. Well, you don't want to, like, shoulder? Probably not a good rude. idea. Rude. Anyway, and it would be pretty rude. <laughs> I agree. I figure Estrella is, uh, is watching the door. Yeah, Clove's not going in that hallway because there's nothing but bad stuff. Yeah, look over the bodies. Grim, you approach the first body. 
taking a look, you've seen enough battlefield injuries in your time from your own people to recognize these as dwarves immediately. There are four in all. Do they look like they were killed or were they left here to starve? Um, going to make a medicine check. Hmm. Uh, 12 for a 16. With a 16, looking at it, there's no visible sign of injury. Though admittedly, it's possible that they were injured somewhere in their organs or muscles or something like that. Yeah, some way that didn't damage the bones. Yeah, but... But you said the sheets were clean? The sheets were clean, if mostly moldered at this point. I mean, they're starting to rot away, but they don't seem to have blood or anything on them. Uh, But were the cell doors locked? No, they're all open. That's weird. It's so strange. There's no sign of injury. If they were stabbed with a sword, there'd probably been a nick or something on the bones. No sign of bludgeoning. the passage doesn't open from this side. I can't imagine they would have just laid down in here and not attempted to batter down the door. Is there any damage on the door? Can you see, Astrea? Can I see any damage on the door? Uh, Astrea, you move to look. Grim, you turn away from the body on the floor to, you know, try to figure out what exactly happened here. And I will need perception from the party. To notice Uh-oh. the skeletons rising <laughs> to try to murder us? Yeah, Probably. call them this time. Maybe. Ah! I rolled poorly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready this time. I'm making up for those first couple of fights where I was way down at the bottom. Grim's in his element now, deep in the halls, surrounded by stone. Let's see here. Clove, what did you get? Clove rolls a 17 for a 23. Nice. 23. Amaranth. I roll a 9 for a 12. All not right. Bad. Celestine. Rolls a 5 for a 10. Oh, okay. Astrea? Astrea also rolls a 17 for a 23. Oh, dang, girl. Nice. Well, you're. are you ahead of me? You went to look at the door. Oh, I'm st- I was guarding the doorway. Oh. Well, it'd probably be me then if I'm closer to the danger. I thought you said you came out of the room, so you'd be up back with me. Yeah, I'm not in the room. That's why I was like, I think you might be closer to the room than me. Yeah, because I oh, think yeah. Astrea stepped into the room to look at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's right. you. And Grim. Got a 16 for 20. Nice. 20? Hey. That's pretty good for old Grim there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been doing better those last couple of fights now that I'm in the surrounded by stone. Despite the fact that as a scout, I'm extraordinarily at home in the forest and have forest lore. Okay. Grim is currently in the first cell. Celestine's standing in the hallway. Astrea is by the secret door. Amaranth and Clove are both in the armory still. I see. Hmm. And we begin combat. Astrea, you have the first initiative. What is the combat against? Has she seen anything? <laughs> You're hearing the clicking of bones as something inside there's moving. Grim? Skeletons. Oh, no. She is going to move past Celestine, uh, probably take a look at her surroundings, and then go to the second cell. Uh, since Grimm's standing in front of the first one. Makes sense. Uh, is the door already open or do I need to take a move action to open the door? None of the doors are closed, so okay. you don't need to actually do anything with that. Okay, so then she will move the, I guess that's about 15 feet to the second cell and then yep. swing down with her new short store, short store, uh, short sword. <laughs> 
short sword at the skeleton. Short sword is the halfling clothing shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you move forward, make an attack. I rolled a 14 for a 24. Nice. A 24 strikes your target. Uh, just what you needed, more accuracy. <laughs> okay. Oh, but I only do one point of damage. Oh. Oh. It's okay. You swipe in with your short sword. Wait, with your modifier? There's oh, no your dex based fighter. Yeah, yeah I'm dex based. How are my, my second hit is a natural 20? Hey. Nice. <laughs> so your first hit strikes into no effect as oh, you no. stab where a lung would be if you were fighting a person. The dwarven skeleton doesn't seem to care. Uh, but you do hit with your second attack. And that is a critical hit. But I only did four so points of damage. Four total after the doubling? Yeah. Rolled a two. Ouch. All right. You strike again, swiping at the thing's mouth. Normally, you would probably plunge your blade into their brain. But in this case, you just kind of remove the jawbone as it clatters to the ground. It doesn't seem to bother the skeleton at all. Well done. You've removed its bite attack. I'm not very effective, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Hit it harder. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. You seem to be doing well. Clove, it's your turn. <laughs> sell herself um, short. Clove. Giggles. Clove will <laughs> head in the door, see skeletons in rage. Oh, God. Okay. And then I guess she'll go to the closest skeleton and uh, shoulder past uh, Celestine not very nicely and... Uh, uh, rude. And swing down at a at a skelly. So you head into the third cell, or do it you want to take the closest take one to, to where she was? So the first the the cell that is in front of Celestine. Okay, so you'll stand where Grim is. Oh, okay, yeah. then never mind. Yeah, I'll go to the other empty cell, and then I'll swing. She moves, swings the machete. She does. Oh, good. She's all <laughs> angry again. She rolled bad though. She rolled a two, uh, and she gets a nine. A nine does not hit your <laughs> target. If she helps, it's fine. What do you mean if I help? From there, we go to the skeletons. Uh oh. Yeah, SpaghettiOs. Um, the skeletons all clatter and rise to their feet, each one standing up. Sadly, I don't think there's much any of you can do about that. Oh, wait. Astrea, you have an attack of opportunity, don't you? you sh yes, it is my first feat. Very oh, well. You can make an attack whatever. of opportunity if you want. Okay. Mm. Rolled an 18. 18 hits your target. Six points of damage. <laughs> you slam in, knocking loose one of the thing's rib bones. You think you've mildly inconvenienced it. I hit it harder, but it didn't do a whole lot. So they all stand. So let's do this uh, one skeleton at a time. The first one's going to go ahead and attack Grim twice. All right. Well, uh, good news, bad news time. Okay. An eight, I'm pretty sure, does not hit you. That will not hit. However, I think that the 21 does hit you. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So one of the first skeleton rises, attempting to lash out with its skeletal claws at Grim. The first hit doesn't do much against his armor. The second, however, strikes in for three points of damage as it scratches across your vambrace, digging into your arm. Grim lets out a, a hiss as he recoils back from it, now fully becoming aware that these things are moving. Next, the one attacking Astrea. <laughs> wow, okay. I apparently I've stolen Jessica's chaotic dice luck. Oh no. So, oh no. 
in my favor uh, or not? <laughs> well, both. It's chaotic, so yes. The first attack is a natural one. No. So that's good. The bad news is the second attack is a natural twenty. Oh my Freaking gosh! Gracious. Uh, Classic. So I've got a question for you, Ross. Uh huh. According to the rules, okay. which we're all about here. Yep. You get to determine whether or not I can take a reaction in the first round before I've acted. I'm going to go on ahead and allow it. I think um, you'd had enough time to, at the very least, especially since these things had to stand up first, you've had enough time to, to gather yourself. So, yes. Uh, Grim bellows out Torag's name. A uh, flash of light pulses through, and Estrella will take three less points of damage from whatever damage is coming her way. Oh, good. A silvery gray... You guess aura interposes itself between the claw and your person. Um, flesh. Yes. Well, it just it sounds kind of creepy when you say flesh, though. <laughs> maybe when I say it, I don't know. Anyway, it does. Depends on whether or not you say home. flesh or flesh. Mm, true. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Uh, Ew. God, no, we're not cannibals here. We really aren't. Uh, it strikes home. Though the field does manage to disperse some of the force, and you only take three points of damage from the blow. Okay, that's better. Is there room between the bars for me to swing? Uh, there is, but there's still one more attacking clove. Oh, yes, I'm sorry, yes. My, it's, yes, my reaction, reaction allows me to not only block some of the damage, but since it's within my reach, also take a swing at it. Yes, so it will have, uh, I'm pretty sure it's light cover. So go ahead and make your attack roll. All right. I'm hoping this is going to do it. That'd be a 23. 23 strikes your target. Do, 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 do. Looking at nine points of damage. Imagining if it nice. helps. Nice. <laughs> ah, yes. You slam your hammer down on the creature um, through the bars, battering a couple out of the way that have become severely dinged and dented. You hit the top of the skeleton's head as it just collapses from the force, bones scattering right, everywhere. I'm all right. Hmm. Grim turns back towards his skeleton. The last one will go in and attack Clove. Roar. Okay. Does an 18 hit Clove? It does. So sadly, the second 18 also hits Clove. Ow. Seems right. Yeah. Ow. That is unfortunate. That is my AC, but I'm raging. So actually, I also have a 17 right now. Fair enough. Ooh. All right. You take a total of 10 points of damage over Ooh, the pair of strikes. Wow. As it slices into you twice. I'm fine. Yeah. Blood spurts, but honestly, Clove doesn't seem too bothered by it. Ah! Stop hitting me! I hit you! <laughs> Grim, it's your turn. Squish Grim it. Grim turns back towards the skeleton. Magra made me. He steps forward before hefting his hammer and swinging. There we are. Uh, that's an 18, <laughs> so for an adjusted 24. Jeez, oh, yeah, 24 hits. Bowsers. Boom. 10 points of damage. Jeez. You slam the hammer down on top of this one. Honestly, several pieces just sort of turn and smash into dust as you strike against the stone floor. Bits of stone fly up from your hammer. The skeleton doesn't look like it's going to do anything ever again. Right, I'm going to sit oh, this okay. one out. Awesome. Celestine um, grins at Grim. 
So, Grim, that's one action. You still have two remaining. Uh, Grim steps out, uh, moves the 15 feet down the hallway, uh, then reaches through the bar and lays a hand on Clove's quickly lays a hand on Clove's back before she registers it and spins around to try to chop at me. Uh, <laughs> healing Clove for six points. Hey! Hey! Clove, do you attack your ally? No. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't think so, but... Yeah, the yeah. fire of Ongrod in you. It's a compliment. <laughs> Clove seems too busy just sort of yelling at the skeleton. Yeah, Clove is focused entirely on killing a skeleton. But from Grim, we cut to Amaranth. Amaranth will stride in. Uh, let's put him behind Estrella. So he just kind of looks at the uh, two powdered skeletons. Grim really does have this. Celestine nods at Amaranth. <laughs> no need to give well, them the opportunity to retaliate. <laughs> exactly. And I cast Electric Arc. Because why not? So it gets to make a reflex save. It does DC 17. Although I pre- appreciate your vote of confidence. It gets an 18, which I believe succeeds. Oh, it then. saves. Dang it. Takes half. That's sad. Uh, so it only takes four points instead of the eight that I would have otherwise rolled. Disappointing. You outstretch your hand. Electricity once again crackling to life as it flies from your hand directly into the creature. The electricity shudders around it, but honestly, the thing doesn't seem to be bothered by it in the least. Mm. Maybe I should have recalled knowledge to know if skeletons are immune to electricity. Hmm. Uh, he takes seconds to, to contemplate this. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is your three actions. So it you is can't indeed it my turn. three actions. So, yeah. But the electricity doesn't seem to do much more than tickle the thing. Celestine. <laughs> Uh, we have learned it can still be tickled. We'll move into the cell <laughs> in front of Estrella and swing at the skeleton uh, from between the bars. Sounds good. Go ahead and roll your attack roll. Uh, I roll an 11, which gets me an 18. An 18 does strike your target even through the bars. Uh, I do seven points of damage. Very well. You strike in, battering off several parts of its ribcage as well as you think... Maybe you probably know this. One of the small bones on its forearm. Your ulna and radius. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you knock out those bones as the thing continues to press the attack, but you have definitely hurt it or damaged it or something. All right. I roll a 13, which gets me a 20, which after the minus five gets me a 15. A 15 sadly does not strike your target. Well, your second bl- I yeah. tried. Your second blow, striking wide, clanging off one of the bars. You know what they say. Try, fell. Fell better. I mean, I, it worked the first time. So yes. succeed, then fail? Then succeed What are you again. talking about? Just kill the skeleton. Astraea, <laughs> it's your turn. You did well, Celestine. Do or do not. And she swings. Lol. Um. Probably not. I rolled a four for a 14. A 14 does not strike your target. You have two Uh, actions remaining, though. Yeah. However, the second one is a... I rolled a 15, so 25 minus four, because of my new magic sword. So 21. 21 does strike your target. (laughs) For only one point of damage. (laughs) I'm getting the hit. That's a disappointing fight for you. Yeah, you swing in with your first hit. Unfortunately, your sword bounces off the bars. Though you notice that it doesn't take any nicks or anything. 
So that's good at least. You do have one action remaining. Go for it. I can just, Minus eight. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll get another mm-hmm. nat 20. No guts, no glory. Yeah. Well, these guys have I'm, no guts, so. Sure. Therefore, Let's no see. glory. So There's no glory for them. 23, though, minus eight. So that's probably not going to work. 15. Yeah. Uh, 15 does not strike your target. Yeah. I mean, this still is pretty good. But also just rams that's, off that's the that's bars. Pretty yeah. Honestly, for, for a minus eight, that's really good. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I laugh at the Yoda yeah. comment because all I can think is the judge me by my size to you. Clove. Clove attack. All right. Clove roll bad. Oh, Clove no. uses a hero point to roll again. Hey, okay. nice. Sounds good. Oh, I should have used mine. Dang it. Clove rolls only slightly better and gets <laughs> a 14, which is going to not do anything. No, sadly, a 14 does nothing. She'll swing again wildly. I'm banking these hero points for fortitude saves. Mm. <laughs> or in my case, probably yeah. a reflex. Mm. 18? An 18 strikes your target. Hey, I did it. Uh, for 10 points of damage. Ooh, nice. So your first hit goes wide over the thing. You adjust bringing it down basically at the collarbone. Despite the fact that your machete twangs with some sort of horrible, sickening, slicing sound, you cut through the bone and down its rib cage and through its thigh bones. The skeleton collapses mm. to the ground. All right, that's better. Mm. There is a fourth skeleton or a fourth skeletal set of remains. However, this one does not move or really do anything. I mean, we really should have seen that coming. Dwarven skeletons in a desecrated monastery of Torag that was taken over by their rival deity, Celestine Shrugs. Well, somebody poked the other one just to be safe. I mean, it does sound like something straight out of a Pathfinder Chronicle, if I'm honest. What's that? Oh, so the uh, publications that are put together by a group called the Pathfinders who go about adventuring and discovering lost trinkets and things like that but they always write about their adventures and they publish them in what's called a chronicle it's fascinating reading if you're into adventure books which i admittedly am so it's a book about people adventuring is it real or is it like fake stuff it's probably fake stuff right because they published it it's probably I mean, I, exaggerated I assume there's a, little a grain bit. of truth but it's probably highly embellished let's be real mm. all right well whatever these are all dead so like bye and then clove like gets the color back in her face and uh Looks around for a second. You know we're still here, right? Uh, yeah? Well, you just said bye to us, and now you're... Well... I think some of you been able to dungeon full of the undead is not the place to discuss Clove's strange... Personality. She looks Amaranth, very confused. Amaranth will go over and help Grim since he asked. Uh, Grim's I don't know what helping with, but I'm gonna help. Grim's gonna collect the bones and lay them back out respectfully on the, uh, the cots. Oh, okay. Uh, and oh, say God. some prayers Amaranth over them. Dead bodies. Oh. Clove, like, tiptoes her way, like, back into the armory, away from all the dead things. Grim, you're able to do so. Uh, <sighs> it is the work of several minutes. I'd say ten minutes, in fact. Fantastic. Hey. Can I refocus while I pray over them? <laughs> I'd say yes. Absolutely. Okay. Celestine watches Clove tiptoe out. She's a strange one. Mm-hmm. I Is agree. anyone hurt? You were. Oh, I don't seem hurt. Well, I guess I'm a little bloody. Quote, unquote, I have one hit point of damage currently, but... <laughs> I, I did what I could to mend your wounds. 
I mean, oh, it's I, a little I'll, scraped in the fight. I've got a couple Thanks. of nicks and bruises. I'll probably be okay, though. I have a, a healer's kit or um, the tools to, to help heal now. Well, if, we, if we've got a few minutes, you could tie them off a little bit so I don't drip everywhere. I need to issue some prayers to Mogram just to make sure that these spirits made their way to the proper home so they could see their family in the afterlife. Okay, so while they're doing that, if you wouldn't mind uh, tying okay. it off for me. It's a little hard when it's one-armed, you know. I will do, do a herbalism check or a nature check instead of medicine or whatever it is that my feet lets me do. Yep. It is nature instead of medicine. Yes, that's it. That's what it is. All right, so I got a 20. Mm-hmm. 2d8 hit points, yeah. Mm. You get four hit points back because I rolled bad. Boo. That's fine. I didn't need much. Okay. While they're doing all of that, is there anything useful on that la- in this room in general? So make a perception check if you'd like. I roll an 11 for a 16. With a 16, you notice, and probably Grim eventually notices once he gets to the fourth body here, there is a golden ring upon the finger of this last skeleton. Inching closer and taking a look at it, it actually has a ruby embedded in it. Mm. The ruby's been carved to appear like the symbol of Torag. Fancy. I suppose I'll blast it with a little detect mat. Well, read aura, I guess, because... Yeah. Yeah. That'd be the only thing it could be magical. Casting Reed Aura, it is magical. Hey. It is also uh, enchanted with an abjuration effect. Oh, that ring's magical. Abjuration. What's that mean? Usually things that are of a protective nature. I, again, need some more time with it to fully identify its abilities. I haven't seen a ring like this before, but it leads credence to the idea that these were followers of Torak. Perhaps captured and enslaved by the worshippers of Druskar here. Well, we've laid them to rest, and this one doesn't seem like he's going to wake up like the others. Let's, if it's all right, why don't you take the ring and let's continue our explorations. We have some mushrooms to find. Grim, you get the closest look, of course, inspecting it and laying it to rest, saying your prayers. After taking the ring, I place a hand on his on the skull. Be at peace, brother. I'll carry on for you. Almost as if in response, you hear maybe a distant sighing sound, though perhaps it's simply the wind. As you glance over, you see a pair of small mushrooms growing out of his ribcage. Oh. Hmm. Are they iron blood mushrooms? They are, in fact, iron blood mushrooms. Uh, he gently reaches in, picks these two mushrooms. I think we've found some of what we're looking for. Oh, good. We can go home now. No, that's only two. We needed seven. Oh. Hmm. Yes, it's not going to be enough for much of a cure. If there's some left over, it does make a delicious stew. Mm, I think we need to worry about the black scour at the moment, not necessarily a stew. You're just saying if there was any left over. I mean, if there's on. anything left over, we'll make a stew in celebration for my granddaughter. It's her birthday next week. Or oh we keep God. the surplus <laughs> in case we need to make more. <laughs> we could plant uh, some. But I suppose you take these, store them as carefully as you can, and get up to leave the armory and head deeper into Drosgar's monastery. 
Yep. And that's where we'll leave off until next time. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Woohoo. So our fetch Success. quest is almost done. You need to fight some more so skeletons. Mm. No, Classic. I did not like that. Grim definitely. Well, Grim didn't either, but I, I personally did like using the, the, uh, the hammer to be used for change. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hollow's Last Hope is copyright 2007. Hollow's Last Hope and the Game Mastery module line are trademarks of Paizo. All Game Mastery images are property of Paizo and used with permission.